Hey, podcast. Thanks for listening in for today's midweek market update. There's new news on prevent plant acres and a discussion around the early week of red ink and where we go from here. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of View Pitch with Dwayne Lowry and Chris Barron. Uh, good morning, Dwayne. How's it going? Good morning, Chris. How are you? Everything's fine here. Good. Just checking. Uh, we've had a lot of on the screen. I talked to Grant last night. Got a little perspective. Or yeah. Have a little conversation here this morning and and see kind of what the outlook is as we head towards the end of the week or whatever you know at this point in time right now. Well, what are you seeing? What are your thoughts on on what we need to be expecting from some of the market news? Well, uh, it's only Wednesday morning, and it feels like it's Wednesday morning from like uh, two weeks after uh, Sunday night. That's what it feels like. But it's uh, <laughs> it's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday morning, and I think to talk about where we're at now and where we think we might be headed, uh, probably uh, need to put things in perspective on a timeline to where we've just been. Uh, Friday, uh, if you remember, the markets were firm. We had a hot, dry forecast. That hot, dry forecast continued to be found Saturday. It was also found Sunday. That was the reason for the expectations of a higher market on Sunday night. And um, um, I think the the uh, situation on Sunday afternoon and early evening felt like it was going to be an emotion elevating type of situation. And and I came up with that conclusion based on the fact that. There seemed to be a lot of universal expectations and focus on the heat and the dryness. And the, lo and behold, when we opened up Sunday night, we were only marginally higher, which was uh, certainly a warning sign. Um, and then by as the night unfolded, we could not build any uh, upside momentum, which was another warning sign. And then by the time uh, um, Monday morning rolled around, things just kind of weakened. And then we weakened further when we got the crop condition reports, which showed like a, a percentage improvement in uh, corn, which is not that big a deal, but it, psychologically on top of everything else, and what appeared to then be a change in the weather forecast that, that was kind of significant. And so the market started to uh, uh, experience a liquidation phase. And um, I kind of, so I, I want to set that as the backdrop. And here we are only Wednesday morning. And um, um, one thing that I want to start this conversation with was we did a podcast on Monday and talked about uh, uh, how the market looked after we had that first uh, sell-off and the disappointment associated mm -hmm. with the Sunday night trade and the Monday reaction as well. And I think you had asked me, well, how much how much weakness can we get, and 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 is this a, is it all over and that kind of thing? And I believe my answer was largely pointing to the low on the uh, July 11th, which was the day that USDA gave us the, the uh, their monthly S&D numbers. And I said, we don't want to take out that low. And as long as we don't take out that low, we're probably relatively okay, even though it doesn't feel real good. Um, and so far this morning, I know some people get my uh, daily written comments and a lot of them that are listening to this podcast do not. And I mentioned on this uh, some of this information in my written commentary but i wanted to make sure i got this podcast out as early as possible this morning the uh, technical makeup of the market here is is still okay this is the break that we've had has been corrective in nature by many different measurements of standard standards of measurement and um, 
I think that if we can find stabilization around yesterday's low, the overnight low, whichever it happened to be, um, I think that'll be very constructive. And I think we can see markets turn back up without a, a change in the weather narrative um, with, and without um, really uh, a whole lot of a change in the narrative, just living on the foundational problems that exist that you know, are, are, we've all discussed many, many times over the last several weeks, planning dates, et cetera, loss of acres, prevent plant and things of this nature. And, you know, what our own eyes see when we look at crop conditions. So I guess my point here is that um, if we are able to stabilize in the area of yesterday's lows and we're, we don't generate any additional downside follow through, I think that the outlook is still good. We can still take out the June highs. We can go above the highs that we had on Friday and uh, we can build this thing up again. There's a lot of people that have sell this market. That was true going back to um, the early days of May before the market actually bottomed. And, it, and we talked about at the time when the market first started to turn up that the trade was bearish, maybe too bearish and guilty of, of being short a little bit in the hole. And that is the same crowd that is quick to sell this, this go round. And um, I have contended for most of the, the last several weeks that the market has never gotten to the point where it fully embraced a lot of the uh, bullish fundamental concerns that the farmers could see on, in their own fields, could see as they drove across the countryside. And I think that is still the case that the Chicago crowd, for lack of a better word, has still been unwilling to embrace this. So I wanted to touch on that. That's the first thing I wanted to touch on. The second thing I wanted to talk about actually occurred after I, I uh, had given you a call, Chris, and said, let's do a podcast. But I got an email this morning that's being forwarded, I'm sure, across everywhere. I'm not, there's nothing special about me. I get the same stuff other people get. But there's a, in the email that's being talked about that uh, USDA internal sources um, with the uh, risk management agency. The hey, Dwayne. Yes. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I thought I had an issue with some technology here, but I'm good. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. But anyway, this uh, email that I'm getting, and that means everybody else is getting it as well, is uh, quoting some unnamed, but yet uh, usually reliable USDA uh, sources. And they're saying that uh, the risk management agency of, of USDA, they oversee the crop insurance part of it. They're got internal numbers that says the prevent plant acres are seven to eight million acres for corn and two to three million acres for soybeans. They put the total prevent plant acres in 2019 at 12 and a half million acres as of early July and they say this will likely go higher. Now um, we're still left with the question is that if, if those numbers are correct what numbers are we are is our starting point on the the uh, that we subtract this off of. Do we use the March intentions numbers subtracted off of that? Do we use the updated numbers we got on at the end of um, June, the controversial acreage numbers from USDA then and subtract these numbers off of that? And I don't have an answer for that. Um, either one probably ends up with lower acres than the market has been trading for the last, well, let's put it this way, since the June acreage report, because a lot of people after that June acreage report data came out, they wanted to significantly lower their prevent plant acres ideas. And they, they were instead embracing the storyline that the farmer must have decided 
uh, at, during the planting season uh, on the fly, so to speak, to plant a lot more corn acres and to plant less soybean acres. And so the, the belief since that June acreage report has been that the prevent plant acres were going to be a disappointment in terms of the marketplace and that was, we were going to find that there were less of those acres. This email and the, this quoting from USDA sources implies just the opposite of that. It implies that the prevent plant acres are still uh, in the upper part of the S, S, uh, expectations that, that have been around for several weeks. And so that's very interesting. This email also points out that um, um, they're saying, suggesting that Thursday or Friday, we're going to get um, some official announcement from USDA that the, the, is seen as uh, important to farmers. So I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, considering the connection between these uh, couple of emails, I'm led to believe there's maybe going to be some sort of a update or an insight into the prevent plant acreage um, discussion coming through official channels within USDA. So I think that's something of important that needs to be thrown out there too. And given the context of where the marketplace has been since the June acreage report, uh, these things that I'm talking about now are, are going to be seen as uh, some level of supportive. Now the weather forecast today um, has the short-term heat, but only a few days of it, then it shows a cooler trend. But there's also as the maps that I put in my daily written comments, uh, um, there's not a lot of precip in the two week outlook after the next few days. And the rains, um, most of the totals were less than a half inch, maybe less than a quarter in some cases. And when you look at a map, there's a large portion of real estate uh, from parts of central, west central uh, Illinois um, through um, southern Iowa, southeast Iowa, um, northern half, two thirds of Missouri over into Kansas, that kind of region, along with parts of Michigan and the upper parts of um, maybe Indiana, Ohio that have not had a lot of rain here. And um, if the forecast keeps this precip out, we won't have the temperature storyline that a lot of times creates emotion, but we still will have a situation with uh, less precip than what uh, people uh, kind of want to see and uh, still have a crop condition that maybe is quick to uh, respond to some of these stress points. So uh, I guess I wanted to get that out in this morning's podcast that number one, uh, marketplace, even bull markets have corrections. And right now this looks like a correction. And it, uh, right now it does not look to me to be a, a major turn, a major turn of the downside. It's going to build momentum. It does not appear that way to me. And um, I also wanted to talk about the weather perceptions. And then now just minute, minutes ago, I got this uh, email that I wanted to throw that into that discussion as well. Yeah, and and I think the, the as you called it, the Chicago crowd, you know, has been resistant all along um, to this market trending higher ever since the very beginning of this, this thing when the, everybody was so short and having to rethink and reposition and being resistant to do that and then also understanding the fact that you know the last couple of years we've had weather difficulties and challenges and things along the way and you know and then still come out and have a record crop and so it's really kind of hard for them mentally to to understand how bad it is out 
in the real world unless they actually get boots on the ground and figure out what's really going on. Um, seeing is believing, and there's probably a lot of people that haven't really seen reality yet. And in the defense of the Chicago trial crowd um, perception, there's been many years where we've had either a regional problem, a temporary problem um, that, that expressed some concern about yield potential, only to find out at harvest time that either in the national picture, those regional problems weren't a big problem, or that even in those regional areas, final yields ended up being better than uh, worst fears during the heat of the moment of the experiencing the problem. And so there's a little bit of a cry wolf syndrome around to where they hear these kind of concerns from the country and they don't really uh, take them to heart. They take to heart more a seasonal tendency, which uh, they would have had, which had them not trusting any May or June rally, basically. And uh, uh, I, I get all that, but um, I do believe that this is a different situation that we're dealing with fundamentally with the boots on the ground and something that we've not experienced and certainly haven't experienced with such a large geography uh, position. And if you have, uh, if I were only looked for one thing to s provide supportive evidence to that statement that this is truly historic, and I would I would point to the prevent plant. We've never had prevent plant acres total anything close to these kind of numbers. And so if there's a problem to create such a, a, a figure that has got to be seen as some level of historic and the fact that it's occurring in some of the key areas in the in the eastern Midwest that a lot of times will bring in the uh, upper part of the national averages to which help bring up that national average in general, um, it seems relatively significant. The other thing I want to point out that as bad as things might feel now or have felt the last couple of days, it's important to put things in perspective. From the May bottom in corn, we rallied 90 cents. And then we experienced about a 50 cent pullback into the uh, 1st of July that was basically driven by that June uh, acreage report. And since that time, we have recovered back up. And at the current prices that we have this morning, um, they're only 25 cents off the high. So if you had a 90 cent rally and you're only 25 cents off the high, um, as bad as it might feel, hey, it's not quite as bad as it feels. The reality is it's not quite as bad as it feels. So um, I find that as being encouraging and knowing that it's occurring against a backdrop where the Chicago crowd has not been willing to embrace really any part of this rally and has been very quick to embrace weakness and to warn that it's going to tip over and, and we're going to slide all the way back to where this started in May, which is kind of a, a common theme coming out of that crowd. Um, that's just not the way things are. Now, maybe they'll be exactly correct, but right now that is not how things are. We are holding together relatively well, and I, I would say positively well, but it doesn't feel like that in real time. In other words, the weakness and the disappointment magnitude from the Sunday night expectation versus the uh, Tuesday morning reality, you know, was quite a stark difference, and that doesn't feel good. And we're it makes it for a, very much of a warning signal, and I get that. But in the same token, when you take a step back, bigger picture view, the markets are performing relatively well, and from a seasonal standpoint, a lot better than people who <clears throat> anticipated and talked about in the late winter months and the early spring weeks that the corn all markets were going to top out very early this year, and we were going to slide down into harvest. That was a prevailing theme 
expectation from January through, um, you know, April. And uh, that's not at all what we're doing right now. So I, I think the market is actually performing quite well, given all things to consider. Yeah, it's like you said, uh, just a couple of days of red ink and we had enough down. I think it was on Monday. It it kind of starts to work on the emotions a little bit. So it's it's always good to keep perspective uh, in place. One real quick question. Grant had a comment yesterday that, you know, typically these market rallies, you know, um, once they're engaged fully and we get into August and we get the news that, you know, that maybe confirms some of the stuff you're talking about in this podcast here with Prevent Plan Acres and stuff, if that, you know, if that gives us recognition after the August report and that kind of thing and we get a big boost there, you know, uh, Grant's thought was, you know, and again, this is just perspective, but was his thought was that we would have, you know, probably a market that, that might top out before the combines roll as opposed to waiting for that. And you never know for sure. What's your thought on that? Well, in general terms, I think that was probably a, an accurate assessment by Grant that uh, if you get embrace of these concerns and the market builds some emotion and you can get the get your prices factored in before harvest i think there's truth in that however um one of the things that has to happen in order for that to be a case is you have to get a broad spread widespread you know euphoric type of one-sided thinking that the market is going up and we have not had that yet you might have had that within a description of just the farm community because they they see it they're living it okay they're the ones that couldn't get in the field they're the ones that had to plant in the mud so they're they're, they're feeling it real time in that sector there might have been some uniformity but not total uniformity but pretty large amount of uniformity about being bullish outside of that particular sector of the trade all the other sectors of the trade were much more reluctant to embrace it. They didn't even want to embrace the storyline because of the strong basis that you had that we've experienced that you know made no fundamental logical sense, but yet it was happening. And so there's a lot of resistance. Even right now, the funds, um, as of the last commitment of traders report, were only long. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but approximately 180 some thousand contracts of corn. Well, given normal uh, parameters of what they could have put on in, in some sort of a bullish market atmosphere, that was at least half of what would consider to be at the upper part of limits. So uh, if you use that as, as a tool of measuring how bullish is the market, I'd say the market is far less bullish than what the, the agricultural producers that are living the problem think that it should be. And in the case of the beans, they haven't even covered their shorts. They're still short. And so they haven't even embraced hardly anything. So if there was going to be in a buildup of emotion about some fundamental concern, um, we haven't even seen it yet in the beans. And so uh, Grant is probably correct in, in what he assessed, but in order to get to the point that he's describing to where the market would top out, something else has to happen because we haven't achieved that yet. And so uh, in order for that to happen, we have to get more bullish price action, we got to get more market enthusiasm, and that will only come by generating higher highs. And so um, while Grant's pointing to what is probably a, a correct assessment of a condition, 
I don't believe we've gotten to the point where that condition even exists yet. And in order to get to that, you know, we might be surprised how much more price strength may have to occur to get it. The other scenario of that uh, expectation I just laid out is and it would be that everything that we're seeing boots on the ground and concerns about uh, yield potential and planning dates and everything else, that all of that is for naught and all of it means absolutely nothing. And in the end, the farmer gets, you know, exceptional yields and and uh, then this is all over and and then the market slides from here down into harvest. And I don't embrace that theory and I don't embrace that storyline. I've walked a lot of fields myself and uh, I see uh, problems that I, that are foundational that I don't think are going away or going to be impacted. And in the case of the beans, I see a lot of plant populations on beans are a lot less than what they had intended them to be. And I see plants flowering at much smaller heights than normal. And, you know, you can't get yield without beans and you can't get beans without pods. You get can't get pods without nodes. And if you mm-hmm. if the plant stature doesn't give you nodes, um, you know, where's the yield come from? And uh, so I think there are plenty of things here to be concerned about. Um, and I don't think the marketplace has um, ever really fully embrace that just the farm community has but not the rest of the marketplace yeah i think the rest of the marketplace has had a higher percentage of weighted value on on still on the demand side of things and and so much less on not that they aren't aware of some of what might be considered some issues but i think like you said as producer and you know i've never seen anything on the on the production side um so intense ever in 20 you know 20 plus years of doing this in my in my world i've never seen such a consistent problem in you know 95 percent of the growers we work with um having either big problems or or uh just a fair amount of issues so Dwayne, any last comments we probably need to wrap things up here um for today's perspective any any final comments or well, the last comment I'll throw in is, um, uh, I don't know exactly what your history is, but I know you have an interest in psychology and people in general, and you, you like to kind of uh, uh, read people, and we all do the same. And uh, in the marketplace, uh, there's market psychology, and sometimes it works for you, sometimes it works against you, and oftentimes we can be our own worst enemy. For And and I, I'm going to say this about myself as much as anybody else. Um, we're all capable of being wrong. We're all ca- capable of, you know, quote, fighting the marketplace. And uh, uh, we all look for that. But what ends up happening is um, if, 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 for example, right now we've just experienced a price weakness. Um, I did not see the Sunday night to Tuesday trade weakness occurring. I did not see it. It was a surprise. It was not what I expected. Therefore, uh, I was wrong in this, what, what happened here in the last couple of days. So right now I'm here offering a, a um, opinion and an expectation and an assessment that, hey, we're not really that far off. The market has still performed well, et cetera, everything I said. And that's, that can be seen as somebody that's fighting the market. If you look at the last two, two days as a comparison. If you look at the last two months, then I don't think that is fighting the marketplace. But on the other hand, I've described the Chicago crowd and uh, a lot of the market advisory type crowd services 
that have been aggressively making sales recommendations in the January, February, March, and April timeframe, that all of those sales are underwater right now, and they've been underwater. And those are the same sectors of the trade that it seemed to me are very quick to embrace weakness and want to try to encourage a negative approach to the marketplace. Now, one of us is wrong. One of us is wrong in our perspective. Either I'm wrong about uh, not being overly concerned about the last two days of weakness, or they are wrong by being too quick to embrace a two-day sell-off and think it's the end of the world and we're going back to where we started, which has been their basic premise uh, from January through basically now. And so one of us is wrong, okay? And we can't both be right and both live in the same world. And I'm throwing that out there um, and, uh, in total openness to, to explain how I could be wrong and where I might be wrong and I'm looking at an assessment of what I see the other side doing and where they have been wrong and where they might be wrong again. But um, the truth is yet to be told. We don't know how this is going to pan out. Either one of us could be wrong. In fact, we, somehow we could find a way for both of us to be wrong. Usually the industry is really good at making everybody look bad frequently. So <laughs> I say that, you know, that, that's kind of my disclaimer. But I think it's fair that uh, the, the little assessment I gave of market psychology just here in this last few minutes of wrap up, I think that's an accurate picture. And I think it's an accurate picture of where I'm at. And I think it's an accurate picture of where that other side of that coin is at. And I think that people can um, take that, uh, listen to that and come up to, with their own conclusion, conclusion. But that's really what we're dealing with. If I'm wrong in my general assessment, it's probably going to be proven wrong um, very quickly. If if uh, the other people are wrong in their assessment that um, that the market is just going to tip over and return to where it started and all this uh, concern that we've had about all the fundamental problems are just uh, uh, overblown, um, you know, if, if, if they're wrong about that, then my guess is they're going to be steadily proven wrong um, in the days and weeks ahead, similar to what, how what occurred to them during the month of May and June. But uh, we, we'll, we'll find out, you know, this is not a, this is a, this business is an art. It's not a science so, so much. And we try to make a science out of it. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that can come in here to try to prove us wrong. And it feels like every day that's the mission of the marketplace is to prove all of us wrong. Exactly. You know, um, I liked you how you started that whole comment with the idea that there's the psychology in the marketplace and, you know, markets are strictly driven by human behavior and uh, and human emotion and and what one person thinks versus another person is what makes a market. So uh, but again, you know, that's why we're we're having conversations again. It's all truly is about perspective. And then, as you have said eloquently before, Dwayne, and, and we've always um, had as our mission at AgView Solutions is to make sure that people run their numbers, understand their costs, understand where they're at, and then they get to make their own executive decisions for their business for what's right, and uh, only they know what's right for their operation, and hopefully the information we're bringing to everybody um, gives gives people some, uh, some uh, again, perspective, but but also just good information so that they can kind of think through things and balance balance the world out a little bit. So, hey, Dwayne, thank you. Appreciate you um, this morning. 
Thanks, so, Chris. Yeah, you bet. So, well, we will talk to everybody again here soon. Uh, that was a kind of a midweek episode, and we will be in touch again next time on the AgView Pitch. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope we are providing value, feedback, and timely perspective. As always, you can contact us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com or Dwayne L at netins.net if you have any further questions. We'll catch you next time on the AgView Pitch.